All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Grace Point Church. Uh, the children who go to Sunday school can go to Sunday school. Kids are always welcome to stay. Um, if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13. We'll be in a few places today. Um, I was going to wait for Don to leave, but I'm going to be premeditated here. I'm going to grab some Kleenex just so I don't need it, hopefully. Yeah. Um, okay, so today's different. So if you're if you're if you're visiting, this this isn't normal today. Today's different. Um, if, uh, if for those of you who are normally here, today's different. The reason it's different today is you know we're a small church, and small churches tend to be like families. And so today the family is got it's like a it's a big day for the family. Um, you know our beloved Melanie. And Tim, he's back there too, but you know, uh, it's like Melanie's getting married today to that guy sitting next to her, and, and, uh, and so it's, it's a, it's a, when you're in a small church, it's a family, it's like a, it's a family event, um, but for, you know, the wedding, they're kind of limited, because you got to like feed everybody, so they got to really narrow down the scope, and like family always kind of like, like biological family often takes precedence, and you know, it's like, come on, people. You know, just, uh, and so they're like, well, we really want to include the church family. They're getting married this afternoon. And so this is kind of like the warm-up show. Um, and so, um, so it's, it's different. So today's going to be somewhat of a, like a devotional-type message looking at some, some Bible passages on, on marriage. That's totally okay. That's totally fine with me. We like babies. Um, <laughs> she's... Um, uh, it's always like the, the per- person holding the baby is the one that feels awkward. Everybody's like, oh, it's so cute. And I'm going, yeah, everybody's looking over the baby, and I like, I got to start cooing or something. Um, and so, so today we're doing this sort of like topical sort of devotional message. I'm going to try to like be much, much shorter than normal, um, followed by a time where, just to warn Tim and Melanie, that you guys are going to come up front here and sit down in the mush pot and and we have a microphone, and Grace will run around with a microphone, and we'll have an opportunity to like um, to speak into their lives about this day that they're making this this covenantal uh, relationship sort of official. Um, and and afterwards, we'll we'll kind of all gather around them and, and pray over them. And so uh, it's it's a it's a special day. It's a unique day. So if you're visiting this this, we don't just marry people off every every uh, Sunday. Uh, normally, it's more traditional music. Bible teaching and prayer, that sort of thing. Um, but let's pray. Uh, Father, we do thank you and praise you uh, for this day. We thank you, God, um, for the gift of marriage. We thank you for our church family. We thank you for the relationships and, and really the, this, the, the genuine family feel that we have. And so today is a day that we rejoice and we celebrate and we, we thank you, um, for the gift of marriage, we thank you for Tim and Melanie, and we ask, Lord, that today, uh, from start to finish, would be a beautiful day for them, that they um, they would recognize, Lord, that these vows that they're making to one another, we pray, God, that you would help them to um, just to, to go forward in their life, honoring you with their lives. We pray that we, as a, as a church family, would be able to come alongside them and, and, and spur them in their relationship with you and, 
and help them in their marriage. And, and really for everyone who's married here today, Lord, that this would be a day that we um, are reminded of, of the vows that we made. Uh, marriage can be difficult, and so we ask that you would uh, just help us, Lord, each in our own marriages to, to honor you, to be a better spouse, um, to, to rekindle um, the love that we have for our spouses. Um, we pray that uh, we as a church family would, would really um, honor marriage. And we just, we just, again, thank you for this gift. We ask that you'd bless us now. And it's in Christ's good name we pray. Amen. So over the last, I don't know, six months, whenever you guys declared the day, I don't know how long it's been, um, I've been kind of, they're like, okay, we're going to get married on a Sunday, we're going to do it in the afternoon, it would be great if we could do something special at church. And I've been kind of like pondering, uh, you know, like, is, is, is there like a, a message in here? Is there, is there like a responsibility to the church concerning marriage? And, and is this something that we should like be pausing to kind of talk about? Um, and, and the short answer is, is yes, I, I, I totally think it is. And I'm going to read a verse and then we'll pray and we'll sort of, we'll look at the passage. But in Hebrews chapter uh, 13, verse 4, we read the following. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. Marriage is to be held in honor among all, and the marriage bed is to be undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Let's just pray. Uh, Father, we do thank you again for this day. We thank you for your word. Lord, as we explore uh, some scriptures on marriage, we ask that you would just help us to understand uh, what marriage is and what you desire for us, and that you would just lead us today. And it's in Christ's good name we pray. Amen. Okay, so right in this right in this passage, the very the, really the 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 first phrase is where we're kind of sticking. We're not going to get so much into the marriage bed and fornicators and all of that. We're just like going to narrow in. On, on this, uh, th- this first part where it says, marriage is to be held in honor among all. So as the author of Hebrews is writing to the church, they make this, this, this case that in the priorities of the church, there's a whole bunch of things in this last chapter of Hebrews that's that sort of like the marching orders. And, and one of them is this sort of like the view of marriage is, is to be held in, in honor. Um, on this, focus on the family says this about honor. The word honor means to highly value something, to appreciate, cherish, and recognize it as a, as a priceless treasure. So in marriage, it involves recognizing the beauty and worth of your relationship with your spouse and doing something to put that recognition and appreciation into action. It's about dedication, heart, and soul to building strong foundational qualities into your marriage relationship. So this is a great reminder to those of us, like first I recognize like th- there's different people in this audience and in and, and different stages of their life and different histories and where you are with marriage. And, and so with th- those of us who are, are married, as we look at today, it's a, it's a super good reminder to us and to sort of realign our marriages and to make sure that we're holding course because marriage is a marathon. I mean, our lives are a marathon and so to, to keep uh, focusing on your marriage and prioritizing and, and, and really honoring your own marriage is critical. It's, it's something the Bible commands us to do. 
Now, to those of us who are not married, certainly the author of Hebrews, when they, when they wrote this, it was to the whole church, and not everybody in the church is, is married. And so I do think that there's an obligation to the church, whether you're married, not married, widowed, divorced, like wherever you, your foundation, wherever you are coming from, as a believer connected to the church, we have an obligation to honor marriage. Um, we, we have an obligation to strengthen and encourage those who are in relationships. If you're whoever you are, if there's a married person that's coming to you and they're like complaining about their spouse, you have an obligation before God to help, help them to fix whatever the problem is, not to lead them into to despair. The reality is we live in a culture that doesn't value marriage. And, and so the culture, society is not going to help uh, married people as they find themselves in struggles to find the help and support that they need from a biblical perspective to then press on and to persevere in, in the marriage. And so we, as a church, we have an obligation to do this. It's kind of funny. Often Sundays, I'll get people to come up and say, oh, man, you're like, I felt like you're preaching right at me. And I'm like, I wasn't. I just am going through, I was preaching right at me. But today, we're like preaching right at them. And uh, <laughs> it's like, this is like, we are preaching at you, Tim and Melanie. Um, and it's good. You, I'm going to keep throwing you under the bus throughout this. Time. So like, um, my prayer for the both of you is that, um, I'm going to get so choked up. This is like, Melanie's like my little buddy that's taller than me, you know, and it's like she's, uh, um, so that, that, that really you guys would prioritize your marriage, like first and foremost, second only to God. Like, like it's super critical that you guys continue uh, to invest in your marriage. And I know, you know, we joke, we don't joke, it's serious. Melanie's like the duct tape of Grace Point Church. I just throw everything at her. It's like broken. Go to Melanie, she'll take care of it. Um, but like that we as a church family would really be mindful of her and, and her time and them to like this, you know, the, you know, in, in the Old Testament, when he got married, you're allowed like a, a year off of military service. And so, you know, we're going to try to not send Melanie to combat for a year within the church, uh, you know, just to really, that we would encourage them in their relationship and to understand that they're going to be going through a transition and that we have a responsibility to them to help them uh, to grow in their relationship. If you have your Bibles, you can turn over to Genesis chapter 2, sort of the foundation of marriage. We've, we, uh, previous to this sort of season leading to Easter, we've been working our way through Genesis. Genesis is this book of foundations, and in Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 uh, through 25, this is where we see um, the, the creation of marriage and this union uh, that God gave to man. And in verse 18, we read, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. And so God saw that it was better for Adam to have Eve than for him to be alone. And in my observation of like Tim and Melanie, like they are better together than apart from one another. Like anybody, like Obviously, Grace Point Church is a little bit biased that we've known Melanie for a lot longer. And Tim, he was like, like required to start coming here once things got serious, you know? She's like, if you want to pursue this, buddy, you're going to this church. It's like, this is like a, so, so we've gotten to know Tim over the last couple of years. And, but I can, from the Melanie side and from what I've seen the Tim side, like together, they're better together. Like, I think we all heartily like endorse this union. I do think we have to give a special shout out to Debbie 
the matchmaker in this whole thing, you know? Like whenever you see a photo and there's like credit to like the whoever took the picture, she's the, the master meddler behind the scenes that, that pulled this all off. Um, okay, continuing on in Genesis, verse 19, we read, Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called the living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. And I really love in this story that God, when he's like doing his whole thing, he creates all of the animals in in pairs. But when it comes to mankind, he does not. He creates Adam. And he says, hey, Adam, I have a job for you. Like, I, I need you to name the animals. And so the animals are going like two by two. And he's like, ah, that's an elephant. That's a giraffe. That's a dog. That's a cat. And he's seeing the pairs. And he's like, where's like, like, where's like, there's me. None of these like match me. And, and, and I love that God gives Adam this like season of like loneliness and longing um, for a spouse. And so often when we're single, like, we, we have that season, even if God's, like, holding you to marriage, and God doesn't call everybody to marriage, but there's that, that, that season that seems like an eternity, and it seems like it'll never end before you're married. And, and I think it's good that God gives us to us, because I think that once we're then married, uh, it's very easy for us to, to take our spouse for granted and, and to, to not really remember those days. And I think that God wants us to remember uh, when we're the singleness and that longing and that desire and so that when you have a spouse and then you're having like a rough time and they're annoying you because like I did something, uh, that's my marriage, but that's, you know, like my wife is perfect. She never does anything wrong. It's always me. Uh, like I'm just acknowledging this. Um, I've learned this after some years that that's the best way to, to go. Um, <laughs> And so, so my prayers for both of you, that seriously, both of you, as you get into like a year of marriage, two years of marriage, five years of marriage, 15 years of marriage, 20 years of marriage, and you have those moments of like, man, he's really annoying me. He just put his socks, like the laundry basket is right there. Why is his sock right there? Like that you go, you know what? I remember the days of like when I was so longing to get married and so that you constantly appreciate each other. Uh, verse 21, so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. And then he took one of his ribs, and he closed up the flesh at that place. And the Lord God fashioned into a woman, uh, God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman because she is taken out of man. And so I know that, like, over the course of six months, like, we've done a lot of premarital counseling. We've gone through, like, all of the steps. Um, like, like I, you guys have, like, aced everything. Like, I have, like, zero apprehension of them getting married. And one of the things that we've talked about, like, I'm kind of, like, a realist. I'm, like, marriage is hard. Like, it's just hard. Like, I, I probably should paint, a, like, a rosier picture, but I don't think you're helping anybody by that. Um, but, but when you're going through the difficult times. And I know that this was super impactful for me because like, we went through the same premarital counseling book 20-some-odd years ago, and, 
And so when you're going through the hard times and your spouse is frustrating you, for you to like step back and recognize, you know what, this is the person, like before we got married, we both said, I believe that this is the person that God has provided for me to get married. Because when you recognize that the person you're married to is the person that God has delivered, then you're more prone to like stick it out and you're more prone to like work through things and you're more prone to to like understand like I must have some rough edges in me that need to be worked out and God gave this person to like smooth those edges out. And those often it comes through like frustration. Um, but really like I believe that God has given you each other for your strengths, for your weaknesses to, to ultimately mold you and to shape you into his image. Um, and then we'll move on here. So for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and to be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and not ashamed. And so on this, uh, the whole, I think the King James Version says, leave and cleave. And I, I, I think it's super important for the two of you, like I see both of your families, and, and it's super important when you get married, like you guys are now your own little wart. You know, you're on the word. Sorry, I can see Melanie. <laughs> Melanie has all of these things. I was trying to, like, be funny to Melanie. She's, like, looking. I'm like, I don't want to look at her. But it's, like, your own little work family, you know, and you guys have to establish who you guys are, and the families have, have a responsibility to, like, give some space and allow you guys to, to grow and to mature and to form your own unit. And, and this is what it starts. It was God's design. Like, I, I haven't been a parent that has, has married off a child and I imagine it would be very, very difficult to sort of like keep hands off and not to meddle. I have learned uh, from my mother-in-law, who I love dearly. Like I remember when we were early on, like I overheard the conversation. And Anna's mom was like, listen, if you ever call to complain to me about Gunnar, I'm taking his side. And I'm like, ooh, I like this lady. Like I like, I... but her point was like, don't come to me to like expect me to get in the middle of your relationship. My like obligation is the two of you. So if, if you think I'm going to take a side, I'm going to take on her side. And, and I think that there's something powerful in that because we have to allow you two to, like, establish your own little unit. God wants it, and it's a beautiful thing when it happens. Now we go to Matthew chapter 19. I'm, like, going to run out of breath here. This is the last little verse we're going to look at, really to focus on the, the severity and seriousness of what you guys are doing today uh, about marriage. And so we find ourselves in Matthew chapter 19, verses 3 through 10. Jesus is there. Jesus is going to have some Pharisees come to him and ask him some questions about divorce, really about marriage and sort of the, 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 the like, how permanent is marriage or not? And I think that they're trying to manipulate the law to manipulate what God has created. And so in verse 3, we read, some Pharisees came to Jesus testing him and asking, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? And so first, he gets the question. And they're trying to trap him. And so Jesus goes to the scriptures in verse 4. He's going to go to Genesis. And he says, hey, and he answered them, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the, the two shall become one flesh. He's like, when we read in Genesis that a, that a man and woman come together and they become married, the two become one. And there's no, like, there's no separating them. And if you separate them, you're going to damage both sides. It's sort of like when you glue like super strong wood together or super strong, with, you glue wood together with super strong glue. 
Like there's no way to separate without doing damage to both sides. And he's saying, this isn't something that's undoable. It's, it's disastrous because the two become one. And he's trying to make the case to them that like before God, like marriage is a permanent thing. And he continues in verse 6, and he says, They are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. They said to him, Why did Moses command to give her a certificate of divorce and send her away? He said to them, Because of the hardness of heart, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it has not been this way. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. And so the, the point of this is, number one, you're entering into a very serious covenant before God. I, think, I, I truly believe both of you like get this and understand this and take what you're doing very seriously. I think that the greater lesson here um, is our hearts can become callous and hardened. And as we enter to this place of callousness, it's easy to stop listening to God and stop caring about what God wants. And we get very selfish. And so I think that there's something about like focusing on your relationship with God, keeping your hearts and your, your spirits like very sensitive to how God is leading you. Learn to feel the, the spirit convicting you. Like over the last 20 years, I've gotten super good at like genuinely getting to the place where I did something wrong and like saying I'm sorry. And like it used to take me a long time. Now it's like much, much shorter, right? Like, okay, I'm not just making, like I, like I, like I, I God wants this. That, that, you know what? I really messed up here and I need to say I'm sorry. And I, and I, because the problem is if our hearts get hard, then we get calloused and that, that's like where the damage happens. And so Jesus gets like right to the core of it. I remember when I first came to this church, there was a couple here, George and Evie Farrington. Some of you guys might remember George and Evie Farrington. He was a pastor here back in the 60s. Uh, we were going to have some couples sing, and I said, hey, George, you guys have been married 63 years. Do you want to speak? He's like, I don't know that I want to speak. And I'm like, well, do you have anything to me about marriage? And he got all serious. He said, suck it up. <laughs> don't quit. It will get better. Just keep your eyes on Christ. And I was like, I thought I was going to like something more rosy. He's like, after 63 years of marriage, he's like, it will get better. But those first like 20 or so years, they can be really hard. Like you got to like, and I was like, okay, we're going to have somebody else speak. But, it, but, I, <clears throat> but I do think that there's something like the beauty of marriage as you persevere and as you stick it out and as you humble yourselves before God and each other, like something beautiful happens. The disciple, I'm like, okay, this is like a really bad verse to end on. I'm going to end on it. The disciples said to Jesus, you know, the Pharisees ask a question, Jesus answers, and the Pharisees are scratching their heads and says, uh, if the relationship with, of the man with his wife is like this, it's better to not marry. And it's like, they're, and Jesus is like, well, that's, yeah, I can see that. I, uh, I'm not going to do it, but like, I, you know, now that uh, Dan and Kelly are here down from Seattle, they used to live here and and at their wedding, uh, Kelly's grandpa is a pastor. And I guess before every wedding, I'm not going to do it because I think Melanie would kill me. Um, but I guess before every, every wedding, her grandpa like, looks at the guy, do I, and he, oh, man, there they are. I got all these pockets and stuff in them. I'm like, he goes, to the, he goes to the future groom, and he's like, here are my car keys. There's a full tank of gas. You can leave. 
I guess the guy would be doing him a favor if the guy drove away, but it's also like, like recognize what you're getting yourself into. Marriage is beautiful. It's wonderful, but it doesn't mean that it's, that's easy. And they get this. And the, and the apostles would write, like, like the apostle Paul says, I wish that everyone was like me, single, because you could fully devote yourselves. Because to the married, there's difficulties. And you, your, your allegiances are torn. You have to like prioritize, prioritize your marriage over other things. You have to be able to say no. You have to be able to do these things. When you're single, you can do whatever you want within the will of God. That's just... So when they say this, they recognize what Jesus says. is like that marriage is a beautiful gift from God, but it's difficult. And so as I end, we kind of start back at the beginning. And I think the lesson here is when we see that, that what marriage is and those that are entering into marriage in our culture, in our society, our society is not pulling for you. Our, our society is trying to, to, to just do away with marriage. And we come back to Hebrews 13.4 that says marriage is to be held in, a, in honor among all. And so we as a church family have a responsibility to come alongside and as you guys get married and figure each other out to like, to encourage you and to help you guys. And that goes for everybody who's married here. We really, this needs to be a place in a culture where we encourage people and, 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 and motivate them and encourage them in their relationship with God and their marriages. Okay, at this point, I'm done. We're going to have Tim and Melanie come up here. I warned you early on. I, have, like, I brought chairs up here to really put them front and center. Sound check? Okay, there we go. Grace is going to come up, but I'm going to start. I know I've been talking. So this is where we can say something. I do want to say, I don't think I can say this during the wedding ceremony. I'm like, I think there's some implications on Tim that it might not be good. But it's funny. You know, this crowd is a funny crowd. So, like, I have full, like, confidence in, in you. Like, I always kind of joke around. Like, Melanie is somewhere between, like, a daughter, a friend, a coworker, and And so it, it, it's, like, so it's, like, kind of, like, um, to mom back there and papa, he he passed the test of this crew. Like this is like a family. Like he 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 had like a bunch of different grandfathers and parents to get through before he like made it to her, and 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 landlords <laughs> and and uh, so like over the course of the last year and nineteen days of you guys dating, like I've seen like Melanie's gone from this. Like, you know when you have a flower that's budding but it hasn't blossomed to seeing this, like, this, this flower that's in full bloom. Like, you have, like, bloomed under him. And, and uh, so I think, so what I was going to say, Tim, you're, like, the perfect fertilizer for Melanie. <laughs> and I, I, uh, I don't think I could say that at the wedding. So I just get it out of the way now because we are in Valley Center and everybody knows what fertilizer is. So I just hope you keep... Keep her soil good over the years, so I'm really happy for you guys. Okay, Grace is going to come up. This is where we can just sort of love on them. Well, uh, lucky Tim and lovely Melanie. Um, hey, you took the words out of my mouth practically, <laughs> even in the sermon about um, uh, Melanie. I don't like to use ever use the word wasted, especially in reference to them, but Melanie's uh, uh, such an awesome person, and everybody loves Melanie. That uh, uh, and Melanie has she's so special and so rare and so awesome that it seems like I've always felt like it's. Um, I'm just really glad she uh, is 
well, that she's waste every day that she's not married, she's wasting uh, <laughs> a, a relationship that's really special and unusual. Uh, that she has so much to offer, but um, she's also very wise. I I think picking Tim was one of the um, wisest things you've done, and and even and waited for. Uh, this uh, special thing because uh, there's good rumors about Tim. <laughs> okay, so Tim and Melanie, I have had the unique opportunity of getting to know both of you for a long time now. Um, Tim, I started working for your dad 12 years ago, and so I've gotten to see you grow up and take over his business and become a very savvy businessman who also is so thoughtful to your employees. I mean, this guy washes my car for me sometimes. He brings in, like, fresh-baked chocolate brownies that are so delicious right out of the oven and smoothies, and, you know, he's just so thoughtful. And then there's Melanie, who, according to Gunner, she showed up here when she was, like, 14 by herself looking for a church family. And I've just gotten to see you grow and uh, just become this wonderful person, and I adore you. But the two of you together... And just watching how you intentionally spent this last year getting to know each other and just seeking God in everything, it has just been so precious to me. And I just pray that God would honor your marriage and bless you both. So, Yeah, you know, you know what I'm going to say. So Melanie and I... Um, became single lady friends. We were single lady friends and we had single lady conversations. And one of the conversations that we had before Tim, I'm sorry, was even on her radar was she was defining for me what she wanted in a husband. And she said to me, I am a person who needs stability and I need commitment and I need dedication. And she said, I, how did she put it? She said, I, I need, um, I'm a, she said, I am a person who needs deep roots. She said, I am a tree, and I have deep roots, and I need somebody with deep roots. And when I find that person, I will say to him, I am a tree. I see that you also are a tree. Would, would you like to come and make a forest with me? That's what she said, but it gets better. It gets so much better. So, so time passed. And she started dating Tim, and she was very objective in her assessment of him. Very, very objective. And I remember um, there was a day when I said, oh, are you going to see Tim this weekend? And she said, no, because he has this little nephew, and he's going to go spend, he has specific days he spends with this little two-year-old nephew. And as much as she was disappointed that she wasn't going to be able to see him, she was so attracted to the fact that he had this bond with this little child that was his family, and she was just a girlfriend. She wasn't family yet. So, and he was going to keep that commitment, even though he had this hot new chick, that, <laughs> right? And that was very, very attractive to her. So, so she was seeing that he was, he was a tree too. Well, then she got to know the in-laws. And she texted me one day, and she said, I was talking to Tim's mom, and you're not going to believe this. His last name is Wirt. And I said, well, Melanie, I'm aware of that. I assumed that you were as well. She said, no, 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 no. They're from the German, and the word in German for that Wirt translate to is root, like tree root. Yeah, so I, I just felt like he, 
in all of his character and the way he treated her and, and the way he treated other people, he proved that he was the tree for her, but then God kind of put a little wink on it because before the foundation of the world, he knew that that was going to be Tim's last name and now Melanie's last name. So, yeah, I just love you. I just, uh, I'm verklempt. I love you guys so much, and I'm so, so happy for you that you, you found your tree. <laughs> uh, in, in January, I made a commitment because in our family, when someone was getting married, the ladies would get together and they would make a special quilt. Now, this has been passed down from my great-grandmother, great-great-grandmother down to my grandmother. My mother skipped a generation, but us three girls have carried it on. And so I asked Melody, Melody what her colors were, what she liked. And... Matthew's going to carry this because, unfortunately, this microphone's heavier than I can handle right now. So I knew my hands were giving out. So in January, I started this. You go ahead and hand it to them and let them open it. So we took the colors that Melanie said she had in her house. We had a couple of phone conversations about what I should make and where it should be and because I figured as old as she was, she already had her bedroom the way she wanted it, and she didn't want it changed. <laughs> so I didn't want to intrude on that. So what I came up with was a lap blanket that's built for two. <laughs> so I hope this warms you. Yes, go ahead. Dry it out. See if it works. <laughs> And on the back, Melanie, close down by your knees, there's a verse, because I put a Bible verse on every quilt I make. And may you have this for as long as it lasts, and I hope your marriage and your love last longer than the stitches in this quilt. Mostly because maybe I'm um, it has been such a pleasure getting to know both of you. Um, I'm speaking on behalf of my husband, who does still exist, but now works on Sundays. I noticed him like taking notes during his message to share with Brandon and like taking notes during the divorce part and he's not sitting here I'm like you know this doesn't look good Uh, (laughs) but I love that today's message was um, on everything that it was about and Melanie has become one of my most favorite people so quickly she is hilarious so fun and such a a joy to to have as a friend and my husband and I have gotten to know Tim on a personal level recently and it's so fun Um, just on a business level and then um, being in Bible study with you guys on Thursdays, and I just um, I just want to wish you guys the best because I think you're both such special people. You're so fun to be around, and you bless everyone in your midst. Congratulations.
So it's in interesting to get to know Tim. I knew a little bit before I started coming here. Just as an acquaintance, we ushered together. And I thought, what an outstanding young man. Plus, he has two cool cars. But, <laughs> but actually, what a, what a blessing and, and the times that we worked together and shared and fellowship. Just for just minutes, actually. But it was just a heartfelt and somebody that um, I really enjoyed working with. And then I, I was fortunate to attend here with uh, some really good friends who were the landlords of, of Melanie. And just to get to know Melanie, like the first week I was here, we could just joke. And it was, it was really unique. I'm not usually that jovial with people right off of the bat. But to get to know um, the, the church and attend here. And then Tim, Tim's here and, and uh, Melanie, and I'm like, wow, what a great, what a great couple. And what an honor that God chose them to be together and to share the unity of marriage and to go through the good times and the rough times that are, are going to happen. But through Christ, they are easily accomplished, easily gone through. Um, I speak with, with um, the background of that, of 46 years of my spouse. We met when we were 19. But to see the love that these two share um, and the bubbliness, if that's a word, but um, just to see the, the smiles on their face every week that we're here and to know what their future is and that first and foremost they love Christ and that will be the hinge pin on, on their future. Um, and everything is attainable through that. And you guys, just one piece of advice, when you do run into that rough moment, remember, Tim, the apple or the sparkle in your eye and the joy in your heart that you have when you ask her to be your bride. And Melanie, the same goes for you as you're dating. What, what those important things, factors were that brought that sparkle in your eye and made you want to be his wife for eternity and when you go back and you look at those reflections and you it, it touches your heart um, you skip that beat again and that love is renewed and it's rejuvenated but remember it's through Christ that that, that love comes from Well, my, I, too, congratulate you both. I think it's awesome. I think this whole issue of you guys getting married has kind of been a foregone conclusion for a while because two years ago, people go, well, where's Melanie? Or they'd ask a question about Melanie, but now it's, where's Tim and Melanie? It's you guys, you're not, you guys aren't separated anymore. You guys are now a pair. You guys are a couple, always have been. So at least as far as we're concerned, that's the way it goes. So, And um, I would say that... Um, you know, you guys get a Snickers bar for this. So. <laughs> this might be a little bit embarrassing for Mel, but I remember when she was a little girl. And I would tell her that 
whenever she dated, I would have to put her fourth through, through the screen test, and she asked me, she's like, what's the screen test? And I told her, I said, that's what I pick them up, and I throw him through the screen door. <laughs> and then if he's man enough, he can come back on the porch, and we could sit and talk. <laughs> well, in December, I got to meet Tim. And I mean, just from our conversations on the phone and, you know, listening to her talk to her mom, you know, I could tell, you know, she was really in love with Tim. And in December, I got to meet him. And I could tell he's, you know, just looking to his eyes, he's got a kind and loving soul. They were meant for each other. And then when Gunnar was talking earlier about, you know, the path through, walking the path through life, that uh, Melanie always talks about, you know, her walks and hikes and, you know, they take together and, you know, you're going to have some hills. Hopefully it's not 7,000 feet, you know, with <laughs> mountain lions and bobcats and bears. But there's going to be a lot of straight, flat paths. And I can see that you're going to have a great walk through life together. Okay, um, I don't say too much with these things, but anyway, I want to say that your marriage won't be always be easy. I, I have had great examples of that in my own life. That um, two, I've had examples of two great marriages and that kind of thing, and I've seen uh, rough patches, but. As I was sitting here, I was th thinking about something that that, that, that um, has stood out to me uh, that, that my parents have said to other people that sp spiritually you have the armor of God and you are all pretty much covered other than your back. And when you are working like a team, you, you're back to back and you protect each other. You complete each other. And sometimes the, the, the Lord will show you things that that, that one person ha has one thing and the other person has the other thing. And you, you, you will have to learn to, to see that. And I know that at times you will get annoyed at each other. But always remember that things, that, that, that you are a team and... And if you work together, even th through the hard stuff, you will impart that into the next generation. And uh, I pray that, that you have a good, fruitful marriage, and I hope it will be a testament to others. And I think that's all I have to say. God's grace is sufficient. That's why I'm speaking. <laughs> I just want you to know that I have learned. You learn first that God's grace is sufficient. And then then you learn that God's grace is sufficient. And then as time goes by, you still learn. 
today I was raised this mission, and I want to commit uh, today that uh, I'm a prayer warrior. That's what they call it, anyway. And uh, I commit to pray for you the rest of my days. So, okay. So, I, I really don't think of you or us as your landlords. We're just really close neighbors who, you 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 bring us money, <laughs> and Buckeyes. You bring us Buckeyes. Yes. So, but we we although we're close and and in, in our our houses are close together, we really don't pry into your life or watch your comings and goings, but. We've watched you over the years that you've lived in that bungalow and, and become our friend, and, and it's just been an amazing thing to watch you grow as a person. And uh, then we saw this guy that uh, you, you started seeing, and at first, you know, of course, we, we didn't know Tim, and we thought, well, kind of looks like a gangster. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as we've got to know Tim, we, 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 we love you both. And we appreciate you, and uh, we're, we're glad that you're both our neighbors now. I'll say something. <laughs> um, well, I'm really close. So I don't need the microphone as much. But Melanie, I've known you. I've known you so long. Like, I've known you I can, for as long as I can remember. And I remember the first time that Tim brought you the peach cobbler and we were sitting in the kitchen and I was just like so happy for you because Tim seemed so great and I have no marriage advice whatsoever but <laughs> but I'm just I was really really happy for you as I got to see how cool Tim was and then as the year went by and I got to know Tim more and that now I'm really really happy for Tim too and I just love you guys both so much and I'm so happy for you. We have a wedding to get to. So if everybody would stand up. If you're able to stand up and then basically make your way down here. If you'd like to do this, it's not mandatory. But we're going to lay our hands on them. So if you can't get to them, we can kind of connect by holding hands. So come on, come on, come on. Don't be shy. Okay, I'm going to ask Isaac, to, once we all get down here, I'm going to ask Isaac to open us in prayer, and then I'll close us once everybody's done praying. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for Tim and Melanie and a special day when they're going to be joined together in marriage. We ask your blessing upon them. And uh, that they would uh, just, uh, from the very beginning, begin to grow in love for you and love for each other. And uh, that you would uh, just, your hand would be upon them, God. And just uh, that they would, their love for each other would grow each day, Lord. We just pray for them today in Jesus' name. And Father, I do thank you. And praise you, Lord, for the gift of marriage. We thank you for Tim and Melanie and all that you've done in their lives up to this point. 
Uh, we've, we've talked a lot about the reality of the difficulties of marriage, but we do thank you, Lord, for just the beauty of marriage and, and how awesome it is. And, and so, Father, as they uh, continue with this day and, and uh, get ready for the, the marriage ceremony, we just ask, Lord, that you would bless everything from, you know, the barbecuing of the meat to the setting of the tables to the ceremony itself and the, just the, the, the party that always follows. Lord, we just ask that everything would go smoothly. Father, most of all, we do pray uh, not for the ceremony. We pray for the marriage. We ask that this this week as they uh, take off from Valley Center for the week and just drive away and, and head up the coast, we pray that you would um, just bless their, their time in the car, keep them safe, and just that you would really um, just give them awesome memories, Lord, that they would uh, be able to reflect upon help them in getting to know one another in this new weird sort of context of going from single people to a married unit. It's a weird uh, thing when it happens initially. And so we just, we pray for them during this, this journey of moving from two to one. And again, Lord, we just, we thank you so much for, for uh, blessing uh, them with each other and blessing us with them. And we just, we pray for them, Lord, that you would just do an amazing work in their lives. And it's in Christ's good name we pray. Amen. All right, now I promised them that I would let Melanie leave, so leave. Before the last song, oh, oh, Melanie wants to talk. I just want to say something very, very briefly. So I am in a very unique and privileged position as your guys' duct tape, the duct tape (laughs) of this church, and I've gotten to see a lot of really cool things and been in the background helping out on a lot of really neat life events for all of you guys, and I'm really just very thankful that you guys get to be here for this big life event for me. So I just want to thank all of you very much for everything. Thank you. Okay, I don't know I don't know if Tim is leaving or but I know Melanie for sure is leaving. So nobody talk to her. Nobody grab her. <laughs> Tim too. I promised her she could just she has like a wedding to get to so so as we make it to our seats we're gonna end with a song and uh get on with our days.